Warning, this episode contains spoilers for a bunch of the comic books that we are going to discuss. And these are comic books from uh, across a spectrum of publishers, including Marvel, DC, Image, and Oni, and much more. So you have been warned. Hello, my name is Jason Concepcion. Welcome to episode 10 of X-Ray Vision, the crooked podcast where we dive deep into your favorite shows, movies, comics, and pop culture. To mark our first double-digit episode, we're bringing on a double hit of co-hosts today. Up first on Previously On, I'll be covering uh, all the news that's happened in the past week. And then it's time for an extended airlock where we talk about comics, 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 comics. And to do that, we're bringing on our comics connoisseurs, writer Rosie Knight and Cody Ziegler. First, let's hit the news on today's Previously On. First up, the Book of Boba Fett trailer is out. How best to describe this? So it's like Boba Fett in his role as the new crime lord of Tatooine now that Job is out of the picture. I kept wanting to hear the Sopranos theme under it because it's like a lot of you know, Boba Fett meeting with the various capos of Jabba's former crime empire and getting them all in line with the help of uh, Ming-Na Wen's Fennec Shand. This will start streaming December 29th on Disney+, Plus. of course, EP'd by Dave Filoni and Jon Favreau. This looks super fun. Next, the trailer, long-awaited trailer, for Morbius from Sony in conjunction with Marvel Studios has been released. It stars Jared Leto as the famed Spider-Man villain, Morbius the Living Vampire. He is a physician who has a blood disorder, and then he is like, how do I cure this thing? So he goes down uh, to an area where there are a lot of vampire bats, and guess what? He becomes a fucking vampire. It stars Matt Smith, uh, Jared Leto, Jared Harris, Al Madrigal, and Tyrese Gibson. It is directed by Daniel Espinoza from a script by Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. This trailer has come out two years after the first teaser trailer was released and four years after the project was announced. Uh, obviously, a lot has changed in that time. And it is laden with references from Sony's various Spider-Man offerings, including an appearance by Michael Keaton's Vulture. There is a shot of the Oscorp building. Uh, there is a mention of Rhino and Black Cat from the cover of a Daily Bugle. There is a mention of that thing that happened in San Francisco, which is clearly a reference to Venom. So lots of Spider-Man from all versions of Sony's Spider-Verse happening here. Be interesting to see how this ties into uh, the MCU, if at all. I mean, I'll watch it. And then finally, nine employees of Image Comics have announced that they are going to form a comic book workers union called Comic Book Workers United. The decision uh, announcement reads in part, Quote, our workforce and the comic book and publishing industry as a whole is overtaxed and undervalued. This is detrimental, not only to general staff, but also to the creators we are paid to serve and the audiences they in turn work to entertain. We love what we do, but loving what you do doesn't mean you can't or shouldn't ask for improvements to your working conditions. And it was signed by 
the image staffers Ryan Brewer, Leanna Counter, Marla Isaac, Drew Fitzgerald, Melissa Gifford, Chloe Ramos, Trisha Ramos, John Schlafman, and Erica Schnatz. Somewhat ironic since Image uh, was formed in 1992 by disaffected comic book creators from DC and Marvel who wanted to benefit from the success of their creations in a way that working at the big two simply wouldn't. So the fact that this is happening with Image is interesting, and I hope they succeed. I hope they succeed. This builds on a history. There's been a lot of like aborted attempts to kind of unionize the comics industry, going back to the Academy of Comic Book Artists from the 70s, which was an organization that Stan Lee created that in his mind, was would act as like a promotional arm for the comics book industry. But for younger creators, more militant creators at the time, including Neil Adams and Archie Goodwin, uh, they thought, okay, we should turn this into basically a comic book union that will go out there and fight for the interests of creators for better pay Uh, more equitable profit sharing, better work hours, better working conditions, et cetera. And that one kind of broke down because there were a lot of disagreements, obviously, one, about what the ACBA would actually do, and then two, how best to share those benefits. Like, would it just be writers and pencilers? What about the inkers? What about the colorists? What about the letterers? And so I'm hoping that this union succeeds one and doesn't break down along those uh, similar lines. If you're going to be inclusive, you got to include everybody. That means writers, artists, pencilers, colorists, and everyone. Uh, I hope it succeeds. Some of the goals, the stated goals uh, that this union has put out there in their announcement says they want to foster a more competitive industry through salary workload, transparency for all existing and proposed job titles, uh, more transparent company culture, stuff in there for allowing employees to continue to work remote, et cetera. It's a long time coming, and I hope this I hope this works. Uh, up next, we go into the airlock with Rosie and Zig. Welcome to the airlock today, where we are joined by the great Rosie Knight and the great Cody Ziegler. Folks, how were uh, your respective Halloweens? Uh, you know, they were good for me on my end. I uh, I was a very I was a very adult about it. I got my booster shot for Pfizer. Pfizer being <laughs> shout out. So, Love that. So I spent uh, literally all of my night of Halloween on my couch, uh, nursing a gnarly headache. So. Um, that was this very is, serious, though. I like that. They uh, you know, stay thank safe. you. I did what I can. You know, this this is thirty four. <laughs> yeah. You know, twenty seven year old me would mm-hmm. would would wretch at the idea, but like at thirty four, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> hang on my couch, play some Guardians of the Galaxy, and, and watch some TV. That that's what I got going on. No, I feel that my, at thirty three, it was lay on the sofa and watch like a ton of bad sequels. <laughs> I watched like every I know either last summer movie. Two of my fave weird late stage Hellraiser sequels. Mm-hmm which is Bloodline and Hellworld. Both of them are absolutely bonkers. <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. But that's that's the life when you're in your 30s. You've got to be yeah, chilling, man. I got nothing else to prove. I've done it all. <laughs> um, what did I do? I, uh, I went to an improv show at Largo, and then I went to a friend's party that was already cashed out. So we just kind of like sat around <laughs> and played 
uh, with their dog and, and talked and hung out. It was actually quite chill and delightful. And that's it. And then I went home. <laughs> uh, folks, I can't wait to talk about comics today because uh, people ask all the time whenever we delve into uh, comic books, where do I start? I want to get into comics and I don't know where to start. and I don't know what to read and yada, yada, yada. Folks, this is for you. If you're uh-huh. one of those people, this segment is for you. Zig, Rosie, and I are going to get into uh, such topic as, as where do I start, what's mm-hmm. a good comic arc, and we're going to do that across Marvel, across DC, across uh, Boom, across uh, Image, across Top Cow. We're going to talk to you about some of our favorite comics and, and great places to pick mm-hmm. up and start if you're new to it. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Oh, yeah. Born ready. Yeah. This is the one. Yeah. Our, We've, been for for this. <laughs> We've been waiting for it. <laughs> Our first prompt, what are good entry arcs for new comics readers? Uh, and let's start with let's start with Marvel. Who wants to go first? I guess we'll go uh, – we'll just go down. Zig, would you like to start? Oh, yeah. You know, this – I've been yelling about this particular run since it came out uh, maybe a year or years some change ago. Uh, Kelly Thompson and Elena uh, Elena uh, Casagrande's Black Widow is for me. Yes, uh, it's it's one of those stories that I think defines the the character. Sort of like uh, how Matt Fact- Fraction and David Ayer's mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. Hawkeye became like, oh, this is what Hawkeye should be. Like this is very much in the same vein as what um, what they've done with Black Widow. Uh, fantastic uh, character moments with with that 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 Kelly wrote. And uh, the art is amazing. Like every, uh, Car- yeah. uh, Kelly has uh, has sort of this staple where she can do some really beautiful double spreads that convey so much action, uh, and it's usually centered around like a, like a center point frame. Or there's something crazy going on. Um, uh-huh. If you're looking for some amazing art uh, as well as some beautiful, touching storytelling, like I highly recommend Black yeah. Widow. It's such a fun run. Uh, it's funny. It's heart wrenching, and also has the fun stuff. With like, you can only get with comic books. Like, oh, there's a there's a uh, there's a dude in a hover car. Like every now and then, like it brings you back into the fun of comic books. It's like, like it's grounded, but yeah, also yeah, there's yeah, a hover car. This yeah, is comics, yeah, guys. Yeah. It's oh, comics. Everything with a hologram. All oh, right, there you go. Now I'm reeled back into being four real. Yeah, highly recommend. Rosie, yeah, I'm gonna like I'm thinking of something in that would be like a similar vein because mm-hmm. I love the idea of this being like a reading list for me. Like something you really those double page spreads, the way Kelly can write them and uh, Elena can kind yeah. of bring them to life is the 2013 Young Avengers run mm. that Kieran Gillen, Jamie yeah. McKelvey, yeah. Matt Wilson on colors. Those colors are vital to the book. <laughs> like this book is so Absolute. good. Yeah. It's like I love the original um, Young Avengers. Jim Chung is like the best mm-hmm. um, and. But this is like this was my thing. Like I love this book. I got the first issue with a Brian Leo Malley <laughs> variant cover, and it's basically like team of young heroes, and it's cosmic and it's weird and it's what we're basically about to see mm-hmm. in the MCU too. Looking mm-hmm. at the team, you know, America Chavez, Patriot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. got like uh, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. You know, mm-hmm. there's and it's and it's queer and it's funny and it's inclusive and there is there are these double page spreads and these things that Jamie does with paneling like there's this one double page spread where they're having a fight and all around the edges there are like little uh, kind of like outtakes where you're seeing different people fight and they're numbered to what the fight is and it is like I remember reading that and being like Shit. It broke my brain the first time I read that. I was like, this is what comics yeah. are. Like, this is what you can do with them. And that, it, yeah. it, it's like, it's fun. It's sexy. It's like silly. but And it's Kid Loki yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Kid Loki storyline, if that's your thing. So I think that is like a really, and that's from this era of Marvel that I just loved when they were doing Marvel now. You know, that mm-hmm. uh, Miss Marvel, Kamala yeah. Khan. Like, mm-hmm. there was a lot. And that is just like, 
that's peak. I, 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 when I worked in a comic shop, I used to recommend that book to everyone. <laughs> Gillen, uh, McKelvey, Matt Wilson, that is an elite top level creative team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The art mm-hmm. is so clean. The writing is beautiful. <sighs> it's romantic. I love that one. That's yeah. a great one. So there's a lot of X-Men out there. There's, you know, 40, <laughs> 50 years now of X-Men history. I am going to select for the new reader X-Men Grand Design, Ed Pisker's three-volume compendium of X-Men history done as like almost like a zine. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to give you like the granular detailed stuff like about, uh, you know, it's not going to give you everything. But it's going to basically catch you up in four or five decades of X-Men history uh, in this really fun almost like indie art style that I super love, whether you're a X-Men fanatic or someone who's just like wants to know all the stuff that happened before diving in. I think it's a great pickup. Listen, borrow the first one from your library or if you have Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, library. Yeah. Yeah. At, yeah. And if you like it, go pick it up from your uh, from your local comic shop. Next, Zig, another one. Give us uh, another one. Uh, you know, since we're since I'm coming off the, I'm dismounting from from your pick for X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta recommend Zeb Wells and, and Steven Segovia's uh, Hellions. Woo! Uh, yeah. uh, I, I love my boy Zeb. We work together on She Hulk. He's a super funny guy, and this comic is very very funny. Also very dark. He's uh, so good. He's he the the way that he's able to have a character like Mister Sinister have actual bits and like have punchlines in his comics is. <laughs> Was, yeah. This was, Mr. Sinister is like the Ze- Mr. Yeah. Sinister. I want to see this Zeb's is the Sinister. Mr. Sinister. This is so yeah. fucking yeah. funny. Like, and you can re- Hellions is yeah. a brilliant choice because it seems like maybe it's a little bit law heavy because it's a mm-hmm. spin-off team, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But it's not. Like you can jump into this book and just absolutely love it. And if you really love it, you can go to House of X, all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is like the and it's what it's 15 issues in yeah now or so easy easy in easy out it's one of those things that also like the, the cultural zeitgeist like we know what the thunderbolt told now like we know what mm-hmm. suicide squad yeah. is so like taking that team and couching it in like the x-men world and also being like oh i'm gonna have some of the funniest jokes you've ever read also sandwiched in between some really traumatic stuff going on uh, much in the same way that i think that black widow sort of redefines um black widow for for this sort of modern age i think you know, if Hellions could be redefined, I think, in the year yeah. 2021, like, this is definitely the book that I would recommend if you're looking for something that's new, like, currently being made. It's also funny and has – it's all the different tiers of, like, action, um, like, the dramatic bits. It's also a really, really, really funny book. And it comes out regularly as well for mm-hmm. a big two book. I rarely yes. have big two stuff, like, on my pull list for a long time. But yeah. this is – in our house, that is there. Mm-hmm. That's, like – Hellions is just so good. I'm so glad you included that one. It's just, it's so good. It's so funny. But it's also like There's really also, deep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Mr. Sinister aspect is fantastic because, you know, for it, Mr. Sinister, a uh, classic X Men villain, has a very tangled history mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. within the X Men lore, but like you don't need to know any of that. It's like so campy and funny and weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great pick. Great pick. And he has like an incredible cape, which yeah. is like one of my all time favorite. Yeah, they, I, 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 I do love their bits that revolve around the spindles on his cape <laughs> that they dive into. Very fun stuff. Uh, Rosie. Okay, I'm going to go for a. Let's think. I'm like, oh, that was just so good. Okay, let's go old. Let's go old because you went there. Okay, so I'm going to recommend. We've talked Infinity Gauntlet, which is on my list because I just think that's such a great comic. But we've talked about that before. People know it. That's Mm. your MCU. So I'm going to go for Silver Surfer, Rebirth of Thanos, which is from 1990. Mm. It's Ron Lim, who's absolute icon, also Mm. was an artist on Infinity Gauntlet, and Jim Starlin. 
the creator of Thanos and Infinity Gauntlet. This is just a really cool, weird 90s story about Silver Surfer and Thanos, and it's what led into Infinity Gauntlet. So mm-hmm. this is a great place to come if you want to know how Thanos ended up on the quest for the gems. This includes a really great art called Thanos Quest. And it is just so much fun. Ron Lim is one of my absolute favorite artists. Just absolutely stunning, brilliant, weird cosmic art. If you're looking for something where it's like you want to be someone who can go into the MCU and you have a little bit more context on mm-hmm. what's going on and maybe you want to make up some fan theories or you want to chat to your friends about what happened, I feel like this is a relevant book. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a good direction to go to. And it's just really cool. And they actually have – this book wasn't collected very often, but there is a Silver Surfer Rebirth of Thanos collection, which is really easy to just grab as a trade. Mm. I love it. That's a great one. Let's see. Where will I go? Okay, so let's jump to DC. I think if you're, listen, this is dead easy. You want to know about <laughs> Batman, <laughs> right? Batman year one. Frank Miller, David Mazzuccelli. First of all, that creative team in that year did Batman Year One and Daredevil Born Again, which is just two of the top, top, top mm-hmm. greatest arcs mm-hmm. ever. And Batman Year One, it tells you right in the title what it is. <laughs> it is the f- the first uh, year that Bruce Wayne put on the cape, put on the cowl, and started skulking around at night trying to be Batman. And it's the ups and downs... Uh, the ins and outs, the trial and error of what you need to do and what you experience when you're trying to become a a, a masked vigilante in the most crime-ridden city in DC Comics America. And the art is just Yeah, Mazza Kelly's art is like unreal. There's so many moments you'll recognize, even if you haven't read the comic, when you see it, you'll be like, oh, that's where that's from. <laughs> yes. It's just like iconic stuff. The pacing of the art, the framing, mm. it's mm-hmm. just absolutely beautiful. And it's everything you need to know where Batman comes from and what he has to face as he meets a bunch of people from his rogues gallery towards the end of the story. Really, really great. Pick it up as a trade. Perfect. Next, Zig, once again, what's next? Uh, you know, I don't have any DC because I'm a company man through and through. But uh, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> what, I, what I do have, uh, you know, if you're looking for something that's a little bit different flavoring from, I think, traditional cape superhero comics, you got to check out Hellboy. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, I highly re- I mean, any Hellboy. 10 out of 10. T- yeah. Just it, so much great stuff. I mean, there's so much great. There's, I mean, the good thing about Hellboy is that it's not very serialized, especially those first couple mm-hmm. of comics. You can just pick up their basically folklore. So, uh, you know, I, I highly recommend um, Hellboy, The Chained Coffin, and others. Like, that's the first one that I read for Hellboy. Even, like, Seed of Destruction, which is volume one. Like, mm-hmm. that's, you, you can just jump on, like, that's such a good thing. And it does kind of link to DC because a lot of Mike McNiller's original yeah. work was at DC. Like, mm-hmm. he did a little bit of Batman, you know. So I think I think that's a really cool crossover. That's also, I think, one of the best. If you like superhero comics yeah, yeah. and you want to dive into something that's more independent, creator-owned, mm-hmm. but still has that folkloric, mythological, yeah. epic scope, I think Hellboy is, like, a really good choice. Yeah, it's, yeah that, that choice of words, is, I think, is what really draws me to it is that, you know— uh, they're, most of them are myths and fairy tales and folklore. And mm-hmm. because just human beings have been telling those things for mm-hmm. thousands of years, like it instantly feels familiar, but also grandness of scale. But yeah. like you could have a story that lasts, you know, 10 pages that is in and out, but it feels very complete because we've heard versions of that. Yeah. As long as I, for, for since we've yeah. been growing up forever. But uh, also the art, fantastic. Like the use of colors and shadows mm-hmm. that, that he does is, is yeah. just next world. And also it's very nice. 
uh, different spin if you're used to like I think the eight head the eight heads of like comic of like superhero oh, stars yeah, where yeah, everyone's yeah. like yeah. jacked and like they're like all six mm-hmm. foot five. Uh, it's nice seeing a different take on that, and uh, it's also nice seeing some things that are made outside of like the the big two. If you're looking to get yeah. some some more independent comics, yeah, and I think as well like something that could really I think is a good another good inroad for people who are mostly into big two is like it's almost like a it's a shared universe of folklore. Yeah. So you have mm-hmm. all these different characters yeah. from all mm-hmm. over the world. And instead of it being like Batman teaming up with, you know, the Justice League or whatever or founding Justice League, it's instead you've got like Baba Yaga <laughs> and like all these different, but also, you know, Hellboy and all these other, like Lobster Johnson, like these mm-hmm. characters that might create it as well. Yeah. I just, I think those books are so wonderful and really cool to see a creator who got to do a book for such a long time kind mm-hmm. of end it on his own terms. And, yeah. and he, he does dip back into it, but that is something, if you want to get into something and, mm-hmm. and just do it, it's you can do that. That can be your deep <laughs> yeah. dive. Yeah. There's a there's a breaking bad aspect too of Hellboy where it's like Mignola keeps putting Hellboy into situations where you're like, I don't know. How is he gonna get out of this one? And, this is, and he gets out of it and it ends up mattering and changing the story as as yeah. they move mm-hmm. forward into it, where things just get Worse and worse and worse Mm -hmm. and worse and worse for Hellboy, whose, you know, entire uh, struggle as a character is trying to avoid the fate laid out to him. Mm -hmm. And each time he each time he like puts the fate off for a little while, it comes back stronger and he has to resist it even stronger again. And it just it's a great, great arc all the way through. Could not could not agree more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rosie. Okay, so I'm going to use. You know, Zig's very good uh, deflection there <laughs> to go back to his distinguished competition. Go, so if you if you if you re- if, if you read if you read Hellboy and you love it and you're like, what is dark and weird and similar, but what exists in this this DC space that I love? Mm-hmm. Or this. So I'm gonna go for Saga of the Swamp Thing. The 1984, so from Saga of Something mm-hmm. 21, which is when Alan Moore, Stephen Bissett, John Tottlebine. And that is like the weirdest, mm-hmm. best stuff yeah, ever. Yeah, super weird. So sw- this is really where the Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing was created um, by Lem Wine and, and Bernie Wrightson, and it's this great horror character. But here, basically, just before this, they kill Swamp Thing. He gets shot in the head, and so Alan Moore basically was like, "Well, he's made of plants, so he just <laughs> comes back to life." Yeah. And and it really re- it reinvents it. it. It introduces a lot of the stuff that we know about Swamp Thing, and it has this absolutely incredible issue called Rites of Spring, which is like super notorious because it's basically this super trippy Swamp Thing, basically like giving a, a tuba off himself for his girlfriend to eat, and then they trip <laughs> together and like some crazy bond. art, it's, some amazing the art, art yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that is. That's the kind of comic you can give to anyone. Like, if someone's really, really into horror and they loved Hellboy, for example, you can give it to them. If you've got, if you want to get a comic for your parents or someone older mm-hmm. and they just really appreciate more classical style art, that's a great selection. Mm-hmm. If somebody's read Watchmen and they want to know what other Alan Moore stuff to read, like, there's just, it's just so much fun. And they've really done a great job of collecting it. It's also a good back issue comic. If you're a collector, you can mm-hmm. go to your local comic shop. You can probably find that issue 21 for kind of 10 to 15 bucks and you can sort of start a fun collection. So I think it's a really nice comic for a lot of different reasons. Wow, this is great. Okay, so I am going to say, gosh, I'm uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm. Um, Shout out. I just think Jason, that, that is uh, not DC. You know, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Going back to going back to Marvel, Marvel's Ultimate Universe. So the Ultimate Universe uh, was a initiative that uh, Marvel put into place 
early 2000s that was basically like how do we how do we um bring the marvel universe into mm-hmm. uh, the modern world right mm-hmm. and so uh, it's it's just great there's I think it's about 160 issues all told, I want to say. And, you know, just read it all the way up through, spoiler, the death of Mm Spider-Man, the introduction of Miles Morales. Oh, Oh, that stuff is so good. It's so good. It it hurts so, so, so good. Art (laughs) by uh, Mark Bagley, Stuart Mm -hmm. Eminem, and others. And it... Uh, you know, it puts Peter Parker into early 2000s New York. Mm-hmm. You get to see it. It's, and it is a real, like, uh, Peter Parker as a teen figuring it out. Uh, you feel the danger of what could happen if these uh, various villains find out about Peter Parker's mm-hmm. secret identity. And, you know, because it is Ultimate Universe, there are real stakes, which, again, lead to uh, Peter Parker's Absolutely heartbreaking yeah. Yeah. Uh, death. Great, great run. It's so good. It has some it of my favorite of, it, Spider-Man it, moments of all time. Yeah, there's the Abs- you, yeah. absolutely. There's the there's the. I always remember like post the death of Spider-Man. There's a scene with Miles and he's like remembering Peter with all these different family <sighs> members. That is yes. that has like there's a scene I think it's Gwen or someone who's remembering mm-hmm. and that she like imagines what their whole life would have been like. And yeah, it yeah. is like a silent page with and it is so good. <laughs> it's, and and we talk we talk about Claremont a lot and and this was actually I think Bendis overtook Claremont as the longest writer on one run mm-hmm. during Ultimate Spider-Man. So that's like also a milestone. And as a handoff like to hand off from an iconic character, Peter mm-hmm. Parker, to Miles Morales, and do it in a way where it honors both characters, and mm-hmm. r- y- you're like Miles Morales immediately enters the pantheon of yeah. great comic book characters. Yeah. Like it, a, a that ca- is so hard to do, and they absolutely pull it off. And also, a character built as a clapback to all the races that were like, yeah. "We don't want a, yes. a, a non-white Spider-Man." Like, oh, we're not only going to make one. But he's going to become like the face of like the generation of Spider-Man mm-hmm. going forward. Now that's that's yes. who kids dress up as now. Like yeah. that's who my nephew yes. dresses up as. Mm-hmm. That's who kids at Con dress up as. It doesn't matter who it is. Miles Morales, that suit, that beautiful red and black suit, mm-hmm. the sneakers, like that is, and obviously into the Spider Verse, just the best Spider-Man movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that I think that's such a great recommendation because that's mm-hmm. another one too where like a lot of times getting into comics. It's sporadic issues. It's yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. But Ultimate Spider-Man, that is, like Jason said, like 160 issues. You can just dive in there and go on a journey, like yeah. a decade-long-plus mm-hmm. yes. journey. And and you'll be in a really good space to understand Miles and where he comes from. And then the best thing about comics, there are other great Miles stories told by people more like Miles now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you yeah. kind of get to see the evolution of that character. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. One more round of entry arcs for new readers, and then we'll go to uh, to some of our favorite arcs and trades. Zig, uh, you know what? Uh, I think I've tapped out my, my Marvel. Like I got, I'll shout out Fra- uh, Hawkeye, uh, Fraction mm-hmm. Nodges Hawkeye, just because yes. Hawkeye is Stunning. dropping. It's ten fant- out of ten. Fantastic yeah. art, uh, really, really funny, great stuff. But for another uh, non DC, non Marvel, uh, Kirkman's Invincible, um, uh, much yeah. like um, like um, Ultimate Spider Man, Bendis's Spider Man is also things like a hundred and twenty something issues, something like that. I, I truthfully, I just reread them all like not too long ago when the Invincible TV show came out. So like, uh, it's a nice modern take on on like the the this Peter Parker story uh, mm-hmm. subbed in for like a little mix of Peter Parker, a little mix of, of Spider Man or uh, of Superman. Superman yeah. yeah, 
and beautiful art. Um, Brian Otley, man. Yeah, that's just art is wow. fantastic. Like the 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 way that they also sort of have a running theme with their jokes, where they'll just have a lot of repeated panels. Like I love that. Like I I steal that from my own work because I think it's very fun. Also, it's very economic if you're trying well, to get story. Well, it's fun because it's a really meta joke where it's like yeah. it's partially done because of economy, but it's also sometimes done as the joke of you thinking it's economy. <laughs> yeah. So you're like it's cheaper to just and quicker to just. Bup, 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 bup. So yeah. it's like a comic about making comics as well, yeah. which is really fun. It's really yeah. fun. Uh, I really recommend it. Um, it, it. It's great seeing an indie show, an indie comic like that that. It's also sort of broken through the barrier, not unlike Spawn or, or, or mm-hmm. Hellboy. Yeah. Um, and it's also just getting a nice fresh take. Like most of this, the comic holds up. There's some stuff that is like, oh boy, this was obviously not written yes. uh, in, in this point. But like <laughs> it's it's still still a really, really fun read and I highly recommend it if you're looking to get like a new sort of spin on like the Spider-Man Superman lore mm-hmm. told from like a fresh, fresh eyes. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for something that's like a uh, far more out there, but if you if you grew up on like a Calvin and Hobbes or mm. or you like strip cartooning that kind of stuff, but you also like yeah. Big Two, there's this unbelievable book from 2015 called Super Mutant Magic Academy, which is by Gillian Tamaki, who's the most <laughs> incredible cartoonist, yeah. and it's basically it's a series of one or two page comics that are interlinked about a group of kids at like a magic school. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of Harry Potter meets Xavier's, but it's super funny and it can go kind of like Hellions. It can go from these really humorous panels about like teenage weirdness Mm -hmm. to a character who he's just, he never dies. And it's like this (laughs) existential nightmare throughout Mm -hmm. the comic. And that is like, one, the book is beautiful. It's like this big chunky square book and that you can get that at most local comic book shops at your library libraries love that book and it is just so much fun and it's really kind of weird and smart and silly and totally independent and i think Mm -hmm. that is just a really cool space if you want to start dipping your toes into more kind of like experimental cartooning mm-hmm. or, or indie comics. And Jillian has done a bunch of amazing books, including this one, Summer, with um, Mariko Tamaki. So there's just, it's a great place to start, but it is so fun, especially if you like X-Men, you will just be living life. Because it is like, it's like the funniest, weirdest X-Men parody. <laughs> I will, I'm putting that on my list right now. It's, yeah. it's so good. It's like, I will go to, and it, the book is beautiful. Like, if you love to have a nice book on your shelves, just go and buy it. It's like, it's so good. It's so, so good. I'm literally buying it right now. <laughs> Jillian's the I best. I love her. <laughs> so to jump in and learn about stuff, I am going to pick, you know, early 2000s Marvel was kind of like defined by certain creators. I think mm-hmm. uh, Brian Michael mm-hmm. Bendis is probably the big one. And so I'm going to say Avengers disassembled into – which is like a self-contained mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. arc. You can get it as a trade into Brian Michael Bendis uh, with David Finch and uh, Steve McNiven's new Avengers run, yeah. mm-hmm. which is so the Avengers have broken up one of the many, many, many times. <laughs> <laughs> there is three. They are They've broken up yeah. for very, They can never for talk it out. For various reasons. <laughs> yeah, they, They're making Avengers uh, all over the country. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so the great thing about Avengers Disassembled is you you uh, read it, great art, and you feel like, wow, this is this is this is it. The Avengers are no more. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it. There's like people holding up candles outside the Avengers mm-hmm. mansion. This is this is <laughs> Earth, this is a cataclysm. Meanwhile, it's like the Avengers have broken up like a dozen <laughs> times. Don't worry, don't worry about it. But um, running into new Avengers, you get this. You get a new team as uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Try and figure it out. They don't have the kind of financial backing of Tony Stark anymore. It's kind mm-hmm. of like more rough and ready. 
uh, and it's a really cool uh, mix of characters, including, you know, Wolverine, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, you know, Clint Barton in the Ronin costume Boo. for some reason. But yeah, it's super fun. Uh, it's super fun, and it threads through a lot of the big events uh-huh. that happened during that era, Civil War, Siege, et cetera. And so you get, like, this kind of smattering of big events, and it takes you basically up to the stuff that's happening now as a launch pad. Uh-huh. Really mm-hmm. fun run. Uh, with, you know, big fights, lots of stakes, and that kind of, like, bendacy, a lot of words coming at you, but in a great way. So, check it out. Let's go to our favorite graphic novels and or comic runs. Uh, Usually, uh, these runs are going to be contained in trades that are easy mm. for people to, to pick up. So uh, let's start with you, Zig. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a, a truly indie indie book. It's a series called Very Near Mint by mm-hmm. Justin Peterson. Uh, mm. I, I think I found it when I was in art school. Uh, he had like a random Kickstarter. I was like, it's basically <laughs> clerks in a comic book shop. I was like, I got to read this. Uh, and, and and it's great. It's super, super funny. Um, it, it has that indie spirit. It's like it's a... Uh, it's a black and white comic, and my first one to one with that is with Clerks because it was also yeah. they couldn't afford to, to pay for color mm-hmm. film, so they did it black and white. Um, it's super super funny. Justin's got a very funny sense of style. I love his art. I love anything that 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 sticks the landing on being a piece of indie art made for a very mm-hmm. niche audience, which is comic book yeah. fans, but then also comic book fans that uh, are aware of how other comic book fans act. Yeah, so, like, and, and like how comic shops work, and yeah. like the, that kind of interior, yeah. the kind yeah. of stuff that we talk about. Between our friends yeah. and like and, and your local shop and stuff, it's mm-hmm. really hard to capture. Yeah, I, I I think you can. I know that you can buy. I think it might be mostly out of print, but you can buy a PDF of it from Justin's website. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably like volume one, maybe on Amazon or something like that. But I, I highly recommend it. If you're for something that's like a little bit off the beaten path, and also if you're looking for like a flat out comedy graphic novel series. Very near man. I think there's three volumes out, and I think you may have done a couple like shorts and stuff too. I highly recommend that if you can find it. Um, really, really great series, and also it's a nice, just a different take, and I think on what a lot of people think comics of being like capes mm-hmm. and, and superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Mine. I'm going to go for another black and white comic too, and this is we've been talking a yeah. lot about these arcs that you can just jump into and have mm-hmm. like four years. So mine is Love and Rockets by the Hernandez brothers. Yes. I love them so much. This is great like one. the mm-hmm. ultimate indie comic. It's yes. been going on for decades now, and the cool thing is, it's if you want, it's very easy to collect. The first like fifty issues are magazine size. It's a really fun thing to collect. But Fantagraphics has a ton of really cool story collections where they collect together arcs about different characters because mm-hmm. it's kind of non-linear in that way. But there's two major aspects of the story. There's the uh, Maggie and Hopi, who are two friends slash on time like lovers on and off and and they're in the punk scene in LA like the Mexican punk scene in LA in the kind of 70s 80s and and they grow up real time so mm-hmm. now they have grown up as you read the book mm-hmm. and then there's uh, Palomar which is kind of this small town and and the lives of people who live there and they are just like this is some of the best cartooning i have like multiple love and rocket statues the hernandez bros are 
<laughs> LA legends. You can go to any yeah, convention really here, yeah. and Jaime will and Gilbert will just be there chilling, sign in. Like I almost died the first time. <laughs> the first time I went to Comic Con, they were at the Fantagraphics table, and Grant Morrison was at the Heavy Metal table, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? Not what this is? What you guys get at San Diego? You can just go and and yeah, they're really great if you love rock music, if you love punk, if you love." comics if you want to read a queer comic that's been going on for like 40 years the Mm -hmm. early stuff maggie the mechanic that's very sci-fi very influential on like cadillacs and dinosaurs stuff like that and i just i cannot sing the praises of that book enough and it's the kind again kind of book you can give to anyone uh, this uh, this is just tangential with that, but have you read the Queen of the Rings, the right, wrestling oh, drawings? Of course, by, ten by, out of ten was waiting for that for yeah. so long. It's just it's, if you're looking for just like a nice art book by mm-hmm. her by Jaime Hernandez, it's just him drawing a bunch of fantastic uh, female wrestlers from from other decades. It's a nice supplement material. Yeah, to, and I think it's like it's like thirty five dollars or something from Fantagraphics. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be like a hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> art book, but I went to Heidi Ho Comics and I was like, wow, this yeah. is affordable, <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, that's and that's another thing. There's a there's a, a whole bunch of wrestling and kind of like the like female wrestling characters throughout so it's just a really eclectic wonderful set of comics i am going to pick i'm gonna go indie as well i'm gonna pick fantasy sports i just saw that on your list and i was so hoping two and three (laughs) volumes one two and three like how to explain it so it is it follows the adventures of wiz and mug a young girl and her her muscle bound friend, and they uh, take on various sports themed challenges, <laughs> and it's just an absolute delight. The art style is like the best way I could describe it is when I was a kid and I was and I was drawing a lot. This is what I wish. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. It's like. Uh, just so detailed, beautiful, like manga meets Mike Mignola yep. kind of mm-hmm. style, and uh, it's an over. It comes in an oversized hardcover, yep. a three volume edition. Uh, you can get it. You can order it through your local comic shop. You can order it through a bookshop. You can order it from Amazon if you if you wish. And it's just beautiful and it, all ages. If you're not a, a you don't need to know a lot of lore to uh-huh. to uh, to read it. You can give it to a kid and they would love it. Uh, as an adult, you will love it. It's just fantastic. Yeah. I can't I can't recommend it highly enough. Rare English language sports comic, and it's that mixture <laughs> yes. of yeah. and it takes that manga sports comic vibe, yeah. but puts it in this really extreme like fantasy. I love that. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I hope that's what Jason picks because it is so yeah. good. That is just so good. I love those books. Zig. You know what? I'm gonna, st- you know, since you mentioned the the, the sort of manga insp- inspiration for fantasy sports, I got to do Scott Pilgrim. Uh, uh, yeah. It was one of the first first non superhero DC Marvel comics that I read or graphic novels that I read. Uh, I also was like a little punk shithead when I was uh, when I was younger, <laughs> so like I could very much relate. You to were pl- like Scott's the hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very much. Oh yeah, I've I've played at those type of shows and met those type of people. Like it mm-hmm. very much captured. What I what I thought my twenties was being in like a, a shitty shitty band. Um, uh, Scott does not hold up too much now. I think <laughs> that's the point, though, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you grow and you're like, yeah. wow, Scott yeah. sucks. Scott's, Scott's an asshole. Like anyone else should. Kim Pine really should have been the hero of this <laughs> yeah. book. Yeah, uh, but it, it's great. It, it's great. Um, I think they've they've released some colored versions now. They have that beautiful Brian mm-hmm. actually. I think colored them himself yeah. as well. Yeah. So like, if you want to get a, a text for either one, like I personally love the black and white stuff. Yeah, I and the only that down. little like uh, manga size. Yeah. Like, really nice easy mm-hmm. to read yeah that is such a great and and if you like the movie which obviously is like so iconic 
the book is really great because it just expands. It's yeah. so similar, but it just, mm-hmm. you get more time with Kim. You get more time mm-hmm. with Ramona. You get more time with Knives, obviously. Justice yeah. for Knives, like the best character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> like, I just, I love Scott Pilgrim. I'm so stoked you picked that because that is like, I love Brian Lee O'Malley. I love mm-hmm. Seconds as well. It's like one of my favorite books. But Scott Pilgrim is, that's another great give it to anyone book. Yeah, yeah. Anyone can get it. I yes. think especially now that like, People are into these things now. It's not just Nietzsche mm-hmm. being like, oh, I'm into video games and also, you know, yeah. music and all that stuff. Like, everyone's doing that yeah. now. So it's great. It's a really fun uh, easing into that. And also you can see, like 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 she said, you can uh, get a bigger expansion, like what was sort of pared down from the film that I think, you know, Edgar Wright knocked out of the park. Like, it really captured the spirit of, of Scott Pilgrim books as well. Yeah. We, well, we did a lot of, like, manga influence. So I'm going to do... I got three manga books on my list that yes, I try go. and read. Okay, so I'm gonna go for the classic because we're doing kind of good in way. So I'm gonna go for Akira mm-hmm. by Katsuhiro Atomo. Yeah. It, it, it's like one of the best comics ever made. It's super easy to read because they have these huge telephone book sized collections that you can get at any comic shop. Um, it is a dystopian, sprawling sci fi masterpiece if you've seen the movie that's literally like one book if not a little (laughs) bit less than one book so there's a lot to deep dive into one of the most influential aesthetic of all time movie and book the art is so dense Mm -hmm. and incredible and you could look at those i've got the full set that dark horse did with all of the books you can look at them for days there's so much going on unbelievable there's so much going on and and you and you can literally if you commit to it and you buy those collections you could enjoy that for years yeah like you can read one you can take it in and then you can take a break and you can read another one and like it is just so good and it is obviously always just go back and watch Akira as well Mm because it's like one of the best movies ever made but that is such a great place if you want to get into I wouldn't say like oh read that if you just want to get into manga because you could probably read like Bleach or or Mm -hmm. or or Ram Mahaf or anything that's a bit more accessible but if you want to get something you can just totally lose yourself in and read one of the most like influential sci-fi comics of all time it's a different tier of like yeah of 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 book that you're reading when it comes to that. It's not just like Dragon Ball Z or Hunter Hunter. It's like, oh, this is... Yeah, you know what's going to happen. They're yeah. going to have some sick fights. Yeah, like, yeah, they're going to yeah. go and find some gems. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Maybe there's a monkey that has a funny hat. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but the other thing about Akira as well is, I think, if you are an American comics reader, or even just a fan of American sci-fi movies, mm. and that is a book where you will read it and you'll be like, oh... That's like, where they got I that from. see mm-hmm. that's where they got that from. Like, yeah. even, and if you love like an artist, like I know me and Jason talk about him a lot, but like Art Adams is such an mm-hmm. incredible artist. There's a lot of similarities yeah. there, yeah. that dense, like beautiful, intricate, in-depth mm-hmm. work that you can just look at for hours. So Akira is always, oh, and you know what else I actually do love that I always do shout out? It, Marvel did a really weird thing in the 90s where they put a ton of money and got Mobius, like Jean Girard, the icon. <laughs> yes. And they brought, they brought everyone in to make these, for Epic, their imprint Epic, they made these colored reprints of Akira, single issues. And, oh, cool. And so they changed the direction, which I never agree with, but they made it basically, they spent the time and effort to take this Japanese comic and translate it in a way that they would hope would make it accessible for um, American readers. But... If you can get your hands on that, the colored art is so cool. And it was all done, like, Katsuhiro was involved to an extent. I have I have actually had bought that whole collection of the single issues because it's just so cool to look at. So any version of Akira, you can pick up 
American reprint single issue versions. You can pick up those big dark horse telephone books, which are probably also at your library at this point. And yeah, just just have some fun with that because that is a that's a fucking cool book, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> I wow, these are all so great. I am gonna pick. Uh, we Three by Grant Morrison Oof. and uh, Frank Quietly. Four-issue, limited series, uh, trade paperback. You know, like, listen, if you got into comics, if you like nerd stuff, if you like comics, you, you're you an outsider at one point in your life. You mm. felt like, I need, a, I, need, I need a different perspective. I feel like I'm, mm-hmm. I, I'm not in uh, – I'm out of step with the world is probably a feeling you felt. And We Three uh, captures that. It will break mm. your heart. Yeah, Jason's yeah. trying to make you cry. Yeah, yeah, He's trying yeah. to make you cry. Trying to ruin it, your whole it day. It will break your heart. <laughs> it is about – it is about three animals who – who, uh, Escape from a military testing facility where they were turned into weapons and they just want to live a peaceful life and they are such close, loving friends to each other uh, and this story will absolutely – it will crush you. Mm-hmm. Um, happy ending, but on the way there, it will fucking <laughs> it definitely destroy some peaks you. And valleys. It's, it's so powerful. <laughs> like that—that that is the comic where when I worked in a comic shop, and if I if I have relatives or someone who's been given it, that is the number one comic where people go, "Oh, when's the next part?" Because you can't believe like the four. You get so absolutely connected yeah. and mm-hmm. invested. It's like it's heartbreaking that there's no more, but it's also perfect. Yeah. So uh, I, yeah. So also it, talk about it, beautiful art. It will crush you. Yeah, it yeah. will crush you. You beautiful will die. Art. Frank yeah. quietly, the best. Frank quietly yeah. and, and Morrison together. It's like Team. a perfect melding of immense creativity, mm-hmm. like like grounded fresh flesh and blood mm-hmm. uh, imagery and textures, mm-hmm. and just pure imagination. And it again. This book will break yeah. you several times. It will break your heart. If you are the per- if you are the type of comic book reader slash nerd person who's mm. like, I've always felt outside of things. Get ready because mm-hmm. we three is going to stab you in the chest. <laughs> and it, it, he has um, like Jason hasn't even half prepared you. You like yeah. you think he's being hyperbolic, no, but this is yeah. actually soft. That's issue one. To- <laughs> you got three more issues to go through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. trying to get you. If you're trying to have a bad um, week, check it out. <laughs> It, it will give you a bad week, but <laughs> but again, it will end in a place that you will feel mm-hmm. good about it. Mm-hmm. But it will it will destroy you. Okay, what comics uh, are, that are ongoing uh, are we excited about right now, Zig? Uh, this is uh, uh, from an artist named Peach Momoko, uh, yes. Demon Days. She's a yes. fan. She is the best. Fantastic. Just absolutely. Fantastic. She's like her art is amazing. Her storytelling is amazing. It makes me jealous reading the stuff. <laughs> Uh, uh, so she, she's a, a, a Japanese artist. Uh, she has a series called Demon Days, which is uh, we've talked, we've touched on like other manga and like uh, mm-hmm. inspiration, like you know manga and in and, and, and American comic books. This is a great, uh, a great amalgamation of those two yeah. art style, beautiful watercolor paintings that are retelling classic uh, Marvel heroes in the style of like uh, a Japanese folklore. So they're oni, they're demons. Like mm-hmm. there will be, uh, you know, instead of Thor being the god of thunder, he is like a, a thunder demon. He carries like little Thor, little uh, little storm on her shoulder uh yeah fantastic art i think there's like gonna be six or seven books in yeah, the series. next one's storm right yeah yeah i yeah. cannot wait for that like they're so peach is so good mm-hmm. her, uh, you probably yeah. if you haven't read her like demon days you've definitely seen her covers she's yeah. like the comics cover artist right now like 
the way that she has inspired fans to mm-hmm. be caring about comics covers is mm-hmm. just, it's like Todd McFarlane and Greg Capullo in the 90s. Like, these are the <laughs> covers people want to have. Like, yeah. this, she's incredible. If you've ever been in a comic book shop and you start to like, what the fuck is that? She's probably the, yeah, she's the one who drew that. <laughs> yeah. She's the one that made you stop. Like, oh, I gotta, I don't, I've never read this comic, but I'm going to pick it up because the cover is so cool. 100%. Like, she, she is the, I'm sure when I worked in a shop, everything was like, it was a Scotty Young cover, and everyone would bring it, like 90% of people would bring it back. If it wasn't in their pull list, and be like, why doesn't the inside look like that? I am sure that Peach is yeah. the curse of shop. I'm sure people pick up, like, and then they're like, wait, why doesn't the inside yeah, look yeah, like yeah. Don't worry, read Demon Days. Yeah, this like, will give you everything. Yeah, it, it's a great, I uh, highly recommend, fun, new, from, a, from an artist, writer that's killing the game right now. Cannot mm-hmm. recommend Demon Days enough. Yeah. Rosie? So I'm going to go with, there's this Viz has been doing the, because you talked about Demon Days, it just inspired me. Viz has been doing these unbelievable manga re-releases. So they just did a Fist of the North Star. Oh, let's go. Um, It's so good. The cover, it's like the version you always wanted. It's got like, it's like a matte blood splatters on the front. Uh, And they also have been reprinting um, Lum and Maze and Ikuku by Rumiko Takahashi, who Mm. I feel, who is an icon made in Iyasha, Ranma Half, all the manga and anime you loved as a teenager. And I just had to bring that up because one, copies are so stunning if you are someone who loves a nice book on your shelf you got to go to those reprints and two when i read demon days i was like this is like Rumiko takahashi doing mm-hmm. marvel mm-hmm. like it's that mixture of folklore yeah. cute faces like mm-hmm. iconic character designs so those and the kind of continued re-releases that viz are doing of these kind of classic mangas is, is something i just can't get enough of at the mm-hmm. moment that is great i'm gonna pick gosh i'm gonna pick the Department of Truth uh, mm-hmm. by James Timian and Martin Simmons. It is a – I don't know how this is going to turn out. Like maybe they don't stick the landing, but I'll just say this. As an <laughs> ongoing book that is in the zeitgeist right now because mm-hmm. it is about conspiracies and what if conspiracies are real and how do you deal with that and what is truth – uh, it is a very paranoid and very creative book. It's on image. Uh, the art, I would describe it as like uh, Bill Sankiewicz, like the in his like most uh-huh. darkest tendencies. <laughs> it is uh, twisted and always interesting to look at. Uh, it can be a little naughty and confusing, but it feels <laughs> like that's by design. Uh-huh. And again. I hope they stick the landing, but it is a crazy book. Uh, currently at Image, uh, something I really like. Okay, one more for for both for all of us, and then we'll move on. Uh, you know, I'm gonna keep in the vein of indie comics. There's a new comic series called The Antagonist by Godhead Comics. They're a black owned, uh, black runner, black mm-hmm. ran uh, studio uh, out of out of Atlanta, I believe. Uh, I think there's only three issues out for the antagonist. Uh, I think there's another four that they're kickstarting at the moment, but that got on my radar just through Twitter. I found their Kickstarter. I supported them. Mm. Uh, and it's a fun book. Um, you know, it's just, you can tell from the name that's from the point of view of, of what would be General Zod, their version of like a black General Zod and like his wife and they're sort of um, dismantling, you know, a, a racist nation, capitalist nation. Uh, mm. And it's just been an interesting point of view on like what I, I think, you know, every, I think we've seen a lot of like what if Superman was bad? Like, what if the mm-hmm. bad guys ran um, the country? It's interesting seeing that. Just from a point of view from, um, you know, something built on uh, something that's, I think, a little bit more tang- tangible and grounded. And, like, you sort of relate. Sort of like how mm-hmm. you can relate to Killmonger a lot in the Black Panther movie. You like, can relate to these yeah. characters a lot in this series. Um, highly recommend support, you know, some some new upcoming artists and, and comic companies that are independent and also, you know, ran by some some people of color. 
Yeah. Rosie. I'm going to go. So this is going back to big two uh, DC again, but it does include some really, really incredible cartoonists. Um, of uh, So basically DC is bringing this huge uh, event called Trial of the Amazons. you got Marie Javins as EIC now, an iconic comic book editor who is heading up this thing with Brittany Molger, who's another editor who's really behind bringing Diana and Nubia, Diana's sister, mm. to the forefront of DC Comics. Currently, there's a Nubia in the Amazon series, which is leading into this. Issue one just came out, so it's a great time to jump on. It is an unbelievable team. Steph Williams, I love her. One of the funniest indie cartoonists around. Uh, just absolutely the best. Did a Marvel story um, about Monica Rambeau. Like, just mm. absolute wonderful person. Vita Ayala, absolute G, comic book superstar. Mm. The best. So they're the co-writers, and it's Aletha Martin, who is, uh, Martinez, who's one of the absolute most legit black big two artists and it is just so badass it reintroduces us to that amazon's themiscara introduces the idea of the well of souls which is basically a way of opening up and blowing up who can be an amazon Mm -hmm. so you have all different kinds of new people coming through those doors and that is really the jumping on point to this bigger trial of the amazons event alongside the wonder woman book which is written by becky clunan another absolute G, I love Becky Cloonan so much, someone who really got me into comics, big two and indie. So yeah, that is just something I think is really exciting. And that's going to be the big DC event going into the kind of next year. So it's a great time to jump on right now because just those first couple of issues are out there. You can go to your comic shop, grab them, and you'll be in from the beginning Mm. of this really cool event that has really focus on inclusive new heroes. Nubia is the queen of Themyscira now. Nubia is an all-black creative team on that book. So it's just really cool to see that happening. Damn it, Rosie, making me spend money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, my, list, uh, my final list. pick. <laughs> my final pick is let's go to Image, The Good Asian by mm-hmm. Pornsick Pichet Shote and uh, Alex Stefanegi. It is a noir set in 1930s. Mm. Uh, Chinatown in San Francisco, and it follows uh, the adventures of uh, a Chinese detective having to deal with, you know, solving mysteries in a racist society that doesn't really accept him and his culture. And it and it is it's great. It's ongoing right now. Get it, image. Wonderful art. You know, like. I just love noir. I love uh-huh. that. Uh, it it really evokes a kind of like Batman year one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that vibe. origin mm-hmm. of so Hulby. many of these characters. Uh, but really, really exciting. Uh, you know, obviously, a, a all Asian creative team. Uh, check it out at Image Comics. Love it. And I think it only started in... When did it start? Like, it, yeah, it is not recent. too far yeah. into it. Yeah. I, like May, m- like May or June of 2021. So not hard at all to to jump right in. Up next, let's go to the end game. Okay, folks, we are in the end game now, and today we're playing some assembly required, in which Rosie Zig and I will be randomly assigned a mission. And have to assemble a character or team of characters from any comic, from any comic uh, company to accomplish this mission. And we have selected the uh, randomly assigned mission, and it is to compete in Mario Kart. Now, this is a real, so quote unquote, real life 
Mario Kart. So like Mario Kart with an actual vehicle in the reality of the of the adventure <laughs> that we are taking. So let's see. Uh, let's let's keep it the same way we've been doing it. Zig, who will you select? to compete in real-life Mario Kart, mm-hmm. what character from any comic book franchise, company, whatever? Uh, my first draft pick will be a one Kate Bishop, a.k.a. Hawkeye. <laughs> wow. I think if you're in a game wow. of Mario out Kart, there, there. I think if you're in a Mario Kart, you need someone with the accuracy, the dexterity. I think uh, my girl mm. Kate can hold it down. Get her. Any Honestly, any turtle shell becomes a red turtle shell in the hands <gasps> of an expert archer. So she's doing mad work with blue with green turtle shells. Yeah. We're in trouble. Damn. That's okay. a good one. Mm. Rosie? Okay, so I'm going to go for Ghost Rider. Ah. Obviously. Ah. <laughs> oh. uh, I'm going to go classic. I'm going to go Johnny Blaze just, <laughs> just for fun. I mean, you know, anything he gets on really, let's be real, that's getting possessed by the devil. Mm. He's flying yes. down there. There's flames. It's going to be chaos. Mm-hmm. If anyone gets in the way, just throw some chains at them. It's probably not going to be the E for everyone rated Mario Kart. <laughs> like, that's, it's probably going to be some toasted toads out there. But mm-hmm. I think I think Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze, that's, that's the winner. Wow, that's a good one. Okay. Since I don't want to lose, I'm going <laughs> to pick a character who has never lost and has come away with surprising world-shaking victories <gasps> time and time again. I'm going to pick Squirrel Girl. Ah, unbeatable. It's in the Squirrel name. Driving, driving the craw van, Craven the Hunter's <laughs> uh, airbrushed van uh, from the unbeatable man. Squirrel Girl. Uh, so driving Craven's van and listen, we got to throw shells out the back. Mm-hmm. So helping Squirrel Girl is this cheating? Like, can Howard the Duck be in the back? Of I think the that's van fine. He fits in the throw, van. Yeah, 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 to yeah. throw the to throw shells and stuff out the back. So it is Squirrel Girl in Craven the Hunter's van, the Craw van. <laughs> I mean, uh, she's unbeatable. It's in the name. Yeah, yeah. So that's a gold. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't I didn't plan that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that monkey wrench. <laughs> Uh, this has been super fun. Folks, what do you think? Who would you select as a comic book character from any comic book series, any comic book company to compete in Mario Kart? Let us know. Send us your answers at hashtag XRVN game. That's XRVN game. And shout out to, uh, at Marcus Mendez one for his end game of top five fictional billionaires. Uh, continue mm-hmm. to send us those, uh, Rosie Zig. This has been fantastic, and I'll see you out on the streets. <laughs> Big thank you to Rosie and Cody Ziegler for joining us on another episode of X-Ray Vision. Next Wednesday, we'll be covering Marvel's Eternals. Uh, so if you want to learn more about what we explore in each episode, check out our listener's guide in the show notes or on our website. Also, five-star ratings. Please give us the five-star ratings. We desperately desire them. We want them from you. Please give them to us. X-Ray Vision is a Crooked Media production. The show is produced by Chris Lord and Saul Rubin. It is executive produced by myself and Sandy Gerard. Caroline Reston and Carlton Gillespie are our consulting producers. And our editing and sound design is by Vasilis Fatupoulos. Also, thank you to Brian Vasquez for our theme music. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.